Today's Nidarm Nafnon, we are starting with the third line on Nidarm Aleph. Rabbi Kiva is Skadashlei Brate de Kabbalah Savoah. So we ended off yesterday with a story about how poor Rabbi Yehuda was, and today is going to tell us about Rabbi Kiva. Classic story. This story is also, you know, it also comes up in Ksubis on Samach Beis, where the Gemara brings the same story with a little bit of a few differences, a few Shinuim, but. It's more lengthy over there, but Zakhli Gemara. Rebbe Kiva is Skadish Lebrate de Kabasavuah. He married the daughter of Kabasavuah. Kabasavuah was a very rich man. The Gemara tells us in Gitin, actually, that he was called Kabasavuah because anyone who would enter his house, Ra'iv Kekelev, hungry as a dog, would leave completely, completely full. And that's why he was called Kabasavuah. He was a very, very rich man, but he was not masking that his daughter should marry Rebbe Kiva. And his daughter wanted to marry Rebbe Kiva while Rebbe Kiva. What, once, what, at the point in time when Rabbi Kiva wasn't Rabbi Kiva, he was a simple shepherd, he was a shepherd of Kabbalah but she saw, as the Gemara tells us in Ksubah, that he was Tanua Umayli, he had good midas, and therefore she saw something great could come of him, and she wanted to marry him. So either way, the Gemara says, Shoma Kabbalah her father heard about this, and Adra Hanami Kol he made a nether, he asked her from all his nechasim. She's marrying this Amaret, this Rabbi Kiva, this shepherd, and she, he asked her, he, he wasn't happy with that, and he asked her from all his nechasim. Azla ve'en sivsa, le'i So she went, either way, and she married him in the winter. Okay. Havuganu bey, Tivna. They would sleep in this straw hut. Basically, they were very poor. And have a mankit le tivna min mazia. And Rabbi used to pluck pieces of straw out of her hair. And Amr La basically was very, very shvachamatsev and they did not have any money. They just had a bit of straw. So Amr La, he told her, If I had money, I would buy you a Yerushalayim made out of gold. That's, what, that's, the, that's the, something that the fancy women used to wear. It was this picture of Yerushalayim made out of gold that they would wear as some sort of crown on their heads. He said, if I would have money, I would buy you even that. Us Elio. Elio Anavi came. And he came the way Elio Anavi usually comes, dressed up like a person, like a regular person. He came to me Menachem then, basically. And he said like this, with Kakari above, he was knocking at the door. And Amalu, he said to Rebekah and his wife, can I borrow a little bit of straw? Can I have a little bit of straw? The Ledas Itzi, my wife gave birth, and I have nothing to lay her down on. So Amalu but Kiva turns to his wife, Lindsay, he turns to his wife and says, Chazi Gavr, look at this guy, Dafilu Tivna, he doesn't, even, he doesn't even have straw. Look at us. At least we have straw. So Amrle, so she turns to Rabakiva and she said, Zil Havi Beirav. Go learn to the base managers. Go to the base managers and go learn, because this is why I married you. So Azal. Azal, so Rebekiva went and have a Tarti Shnin He was twelve years learning by Rebelezan Rebeshua. Lemishum Tarte Shnin, at the end of twelve years, Ka'asa Lebese, he was coming back home. Shama Minachai Rebese, and he heard from behind his house that this certain Russia was telling his wife. And Ksuba says that it's her shchin, it was her shchinus, it was her neighbors. Either way, this Russia was telling her. His wife, that Shapir Abdis, Shapir Abid le Chavuch, it was good what your father did to you, that he asked you by and he made another against you. First of all, because Rabbi Kiva, this husband you married, is not, is not similar to you at all. You come from a Chashav family, you have Yichos. Rabbi Kiva doesn't come from anything Chashav, he's a Ben Geirim, he was just a shepherd. And furthermore, 
He left you in Amana all these years. He just got up and left, and he went and he, and he went somewhere else for all these years. He left you sitting here like an Amana. So Amr she turns to him back and said, If he would listen to me, he would stay there for another 12 years and continue learning. So Amr Rebekiba heard that and said, Since she gives me Rishos, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to go back. He went back. He was there for another 12 years. Also, at the end of 24 years, 12 plus 12, he came. He came with 24,000 Zuge, 24,000 pairs of Talmidim. The Gemara Suva says 24,000 Talmidim. Over here it says 24,000 pairs of Talmidim. And everyone heard, the whole town heard that the Gadadar is coming. Everyone came to greet him. And even she got up to go, to go and greet him. So this Rasha turns to her and says, where are you going? Meaning you don't have nice clothing. You can't go out like the way you look to go greet this tzaddik. So Amalei, she said to him, you do a tzaddik nefesh behemdoi. She quoted a pasuk that says, An, a tzaddik knows the nefesh of his behemoth. Basically, he doesn't. He knows I was maister nefesh for him, and even if I come with these clothing, he's still going to know I am. He's going to know the mysterious nefesh I gave, and I'm still going to be beautiful in his eyes. And Ksumis, it brings down that it was her shechenus, it was her neighbors that told her to go borrow nice clothing to go out and greet him. But she said, no, you do a tzaddik nefesh behemdoi. Asis, leis chazuyele. She came to, to be seen before Rebekiva, and kamadchan arabana arabana, and the Shamashim over there, Rebekiva's Shamashim, they were pushing her away. Who's this random lady? Amr Lahayner, Rebekiva turns to them and said, Hanichula, leave her alone. Shaliva Shalachem Shalahu. Everything I have and everything you guys have, all is in her schos. It's all shalah. Shama Kabasuva. So her father hears that this big, big tzaddik is in town. And also the Itcha Nidre. He went to, to be Matir Nidarim. He wanted, now he sees his son in law as Rebekiva. So obviously he didn't mean to make that Nidre. And he wanted to be Matir Nidarim. And he was Itchel Al Nidre. He, he went to do Ataras Nidarim. And he got his neder. Hutar Vishtari. And now Vishtari Minichse. As the Bach adds in. He became, Rabbi Kiva was now allowed to benefit from his Nechassim. And Ksubis brings that he came before Rabbi Kiva. He heard there's this big tzaddik coming to the town. So he came before Rabbi Kiva. He didn't know he were, who he was, the Chayra, at first. And he said, I had a nether. He heard this big tzaddik is coming. So he said, oh, I wanted to go back on my nether. So I might as well go to this tzaddik. He went to Rabbi Kiva. And Rabbi Kiva asked him, if you would have known that you're that your chassan, your your son-in-law would be a gavarabba, would you would you have made this nether? He turns to him and he said, even if he knew one Allah or one Mishnah, I wouldn't have made this nether. So Rekiva said, I'm your son-in-law and he was matir the nether. Kabbal Sabuah got up and he gave him half of his nechassan. That's how the, the Gemara Ksubis brings it down. Either way, says the Gemara like this. Min shis mili yatir Rekiva. Rekiva got rich from six things. First of all, Min from his father-in-law Kabbasuwa, as we just said, he turned around to give him half his nechassim. And Kabbasuwa was one of the richest people of Yerushalayim, the Gemara tells us. Thing in Tainus, it says three people. There was Naktiwin Ben Gorion, Kabbasuwa, and Ben Tzitzis Akises. These were the three, the three Gvirim that supported Klal Yisrael right before the time of Galus and into the time of Galus. But specifically during the siege before the destruction of the second base of English. Either way, that was Kabbal He got half his Nechassim. So what were the six things Rabbi Kiva got rich from? The first one is Kabbal his father-in-law. The second one was Min Ayala Desfinatza. From the deer head of the ship. So what's this deer of the ship? The whole Sfinta Adinle Min Eina. Every ship they used to make on like the front of the ship, they used to make this uh, wooden, wooden, 
thing in the shape of a deer and it was some type of good luck charm and they used to put their people used to put coins and money in it and Zimnochada one time and Shuye al Yama, the sailors they forgot this thing on the seashore and Asahu Ashkeche and Rabikiva came and he found it. So he got rich also off that. Umin Gamza. He also got rich Rabikiva. What's the third thing he got rich from a chest? What's this chest? The Zimnochada one time. Yov Arba Zuzelisfunai he gave four Zuzin to sailors to go and get him something. So Amalu and he told them Aisalimidam go bring me whatever you find they only found this little chest on the seashore and i see a lady they brought it to him and they told him sorry we only found this chest for you but you could do go find something to do with it so and he found her but keep it found he opened it up and it was full of dinarim so he got rich off that also why was it full of money this chest because one time a boat sank and the Bach changes the gears a little bit. The min disrukisa. This boat was from disrukisa. And all of the business dealings that, that the sailors on the ship were doing, they put all the money in that chest. And that ship sank. He found that chest from that sunken boat and he got rich off that. Says the Gemara, we'll skip the next two words because we added them in before. Says the Gemara, another thing he got rich off was Umin Matronisa from this. Roman noblewoman. The story goes that Rabbi Kiva and his Talmidim, they needed money at a certain point for something, and they lent money from this from this Maternisa, and she wanted she wanted guarantors, she wanted Aravim. So she said, let HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the sea be guarantors. Now when, they came to, when the day came to pay up the loan, Rabbi Kiva got sick, he couldn't come, and she goes to the seashore, and she turns to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and she says, that you're the, you're the Arav over here, Rabbi Kiva's sick, he's not able to come and pay, please pay up. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu made a nace that the daughter of the Caesar went crazy and she took her father's money put it in a thing threw it in the sea and then all that money washed up right next to this matronisa that was standing on the seashore along with more money and when when the time came meaning she got paid back right away HaKadosh Baruch was one of the Arabi men the sea was and they worked together HaKadosh Baruch obviously orchestrated that and she got her money back and when Rekiva came and tried to pay her back actually when he got better and Rekiva was able to come to pay her back she said don't worry I already HaKadosh Baruch already paid me back and not only that but she gave him the extra that was above the loan of the money she got, that was one of the ways that Rebbe Kiva got rich. rich. Another way was Min Ishtoi Shal Turnus Rufus, from the wife of Turnus Rufus, not the Turnus Rufus that killed Rebbe Kiva. It has to be a different one, the Chaira, the Mepharshim speak out. But either way, Turnus Rufus, maybe it was a, some Mepharshim say it's a youth, it's like a way people used to call the leader of that time, like kind of, kind of like a pare. But either way, from the wife of Turnus Rufus, because what would happen was Rebbe Kiva used to argue with Turnus Rufus. In, in these debates and these arguments about Pesukim, and Rabbi Kiva would always beat him. And it was very embarrassing. And one day, this turn of surface comes back to his wife, and he was very angry, because Rabbi Kiva keeps beating him at these debates. And his wife turns to him, and he said, and she says, that let me go and be machshel and biznos, because we know that elekeim shel eles sine zima, that a Baruch who hates zima, and if a machshel and biznos, then you'll be able to beat him. So he's masked him, and she goes, and she tries to be machshel and rebekiva biznos. Rebekiva does three things. He spits, he laughs, he spits, he cries, and he laughs. So she asked him, Maiha, what's going on? Why do you do these three things? So she said, I spat because... All this beauty, you're a very beautiful woman, but we know it all comes from a tipa srucha. You come from a tipa srucha, and it's really all fake beauty, so I spat. Why'd I cry? Because this beauty, this beautiful beauty that you have, that's us, it's, it's going to be 
you're going to be buried and you're going to die and it's all going to go to nothing. Why did I cry? He didn't tell it. Why, why, why did he laugh? He didn't tell her why he laughed. But you know the reason is, the Gemara tells us that he laughed because he saw Baruch HaKadosh that she's going to be misguided. She is going to convert and Rabbi Kiva is actually going to end up marrying her. And that's why, she, that's why he laughed. And from that, she wanted to convert and that's how it all happened. The last thing Rabbi Kiva got rich off of is, is Umin Katia Bar Shalom. Katia Bar Shalom was a Caesar who was put to death for defending the Jews. And right before he died, he he converted, he gave himself a meal quickly, and he left all of his money to Rebbe Kiva Vachaverov. Says the Gemara, a similar story. Rebbe Gamda, Yoav Dalit Zuzei, Lesfunai. Also, he gave four Zuzim to sailors to bring him something. He said, go bring me what you find. They didn't really find anything. And all they found was, I see you behind Kaifa. They found him a monkey. And they brought him back a monkey. Ishtamit al... This monkey, before they were able to bring it to him, it kind of like, it slipped out of their hands and it started hiding. It ran into this, this hole, this ditch. They dug after the monkey to try to find it. They found this monkey. He was crouching on a bunch of pearls. And I see none. And they brought all these pearls since they found it only because of the monkey. Even though some of the explained that they didn't have to bring it to me. They still brought it since they found it only because of the monkey. They brought him the monkey with all of these pearls. Amr lay bas kesalar Bishum and Hananya, also a story in Tainus. The daughter of the Caesar turns to Bishum and Hananya, who was not the most good looking person. And she said like this Taira Mefuar of a Klimechuar, you're there's such great Torah, but in, it's in such an ugly kli, meaning you're such a Tamil Chacham, but so why do you look so ugly? So Amr lay, Amr lay, he turned, he, he told her and said, Amr la. And he said, Go learn it from the house of your father. What, they, what does he keep his wine in? So Amrle, she answered him and she said, He keeps it in uh, clay, in earthenware kalim, which are, they're very cheap kalim. So Amrle, he said, Everyone keeps their wine in earthenware kalim. And you guys also, you're the daughter of the Caesar, you should keep it in. You're from the house of the Caesar. You guys are chashiv. You shouldn't keep it in clay like everyone else, like earthenware. You should keep it in kalim made out of gold and silver. So Azlis, she went and she said, you're right. And she put her wine, she put all the wine from her father's house in gold and silver kalim. And obviously it all spoiled because that's not how you're supposed to keep wine. And Amr Lai turned there and he said, So that's the, that was the mashal. The nimshal is that even the Torah is, is the same thing. That Torah is best preserved in bad-looking people, bad-looking kalim. Says, says the Gemara, the Bach adds in, Amrleh, she asked him, no. Aren't there good-looking Tamideh Chachamim as well? So Amrleh, he answered her and he said, Yeah, there are good-looking Tamideh Chachamim, but if they were uglier, they would actually be bigger Tamideh Chachamim. There was a person, there was a woman that came before Rabbi Yehuda, she came for a din Torah. And she came out chayev. She lost the entire and she came out chayev. So Amrle, she turned to her beauty and said, Shmuel Rabbach, you're Rabbi Shmuel. Is this what? Is this how he would have done? This is how he would have done. He would have came out with the same way. So Amrle, he turned, he said, he said to her, Yodasle, did you know Shmuel, my Rabbi? So Amrle, in, she said, yeah, I knew Shmuel, good, so he was short. Viraba Krese was fat. Ukam, he was dark skinned. Viraba Shine, he had long teeth. Zamrlah, he said there, you came to make fun of Shmuel, you came to to be Mevaza Shmuel, to have Bishamta, you should be in Khirim. He put her Bishamta, Paka Umesa, and she exploded and died.
The Mishnah had said, Umutar Mita. Even if someone has mudar hana, he made a hana against tavshil, he's still allowed to eat this beitza termida. So says the Gemara, my beitza termida. What is a beitza termida exactly? What is this termida egg? Says the Gemara, Amar Shmuel. Shmuel just tells us, by the way, about this termida egg. Avda the avidla, a evid who knows how to make this termida egg, shavi alpha dinar. He's worth. A thousand dinarim. It's such an amazing skill to know. And Evan who knows how to make that, he's worth a thousand dinarim. So how do you make this beitza termina? So the way you do it is, You put it a thousand times in hot water and a thousand times in cold water. Until it shrinks. Why? Until it shrinks to the point where you're able to swallow this egg whole. whole. And then once you swallow it whole, it could help you out. Because when Keva, if this person has a wound, let's say in his stomach, and they're not sure what type of wound it is, and the doctors don't know how to heal him with it, so what happens is he should swallow this egg, make this beta to me to swallow it, and if you swallow it hold, if you swallow it whole, then Sarechallah, it sticks to that wound, and when the egg comes out of you, Yoda Asya, my Sama. Then the doctor, based off of the type of wound that stuck to this egg, he knows what type of wound you have inside you, and then he knows how to. He, he's going to know how to heal you. With my mitzvah, and how, and meaning he knows what sama, what potion to use to heal you. With my mitzvah, and how exactly to give you a refuah. Says the Gemara, Shmuel have a badik Shmuel didn't really know how to do this beitzah termida. So the way he used to check himself when he would have a wound inside of him, he would check himself with a with a kulcha, which we're not really sure what it is, but this kulcha was a very painful procedure, a very painful way to check yourself. Now Shmuel we know was a Reifim Mumcher. He was a very he was a very big doctor Shmuel and he used to check himself with this kulcha, but it was very painful and it wasn't pleasant to watch. At the Mitzrin in Shebesi until till the point that it was so painful to watch that his wife watching him check himself with this kulcha, it would get to the point that she would pull out her own hair from the agony of watching Shmuel do this to himself. Says the Gemara We learned a Mishnah over there in Meisris. So there's Alacha when someone's working in her field, he's allowed to eat from the thing. Let's say he's collecting grapes, he could eat some of the grapes, but he can't eat something else, a different type of a different type of pre that he's not collecting at the moment, that he's not working on in your field at the moment. So says the Mishnah over there, it's not Hassan. If someone was working with chlufsin type of figs, he shouldn't eat the b'nai sheva type of figs. So even within types of figs, you're only allowed to eat the ones that you're specifically working with. But b'nai sheva, if he's working specifically with b'nai sheva type of figs, he shouldn't eat the chlufsin type of figs. Says the Gemara What is chlufsin figs? So, so you want to know what it is? It's the type of figs that you make from it lafti, which is a tabshil, it's a cooked dish, a cooked dish of figs that you make. Says the Gemara, Ahugav, there was a person, the Yav Abdul Lachavre, Agmure Alpha Mine Lafti. So he gave his Evid over to his friend and he paid him to teach his Evid how to make a thousand different types of this Lafti, which is a fig tafshil. So Agmure, he only taught him 800, not a thousand. He only taught him 800 different types to make this Lafti. So Amru, or rather, I skipped the line. Azamne ladino lekamei the rebbe. So this person, he felt a little scammed. You know, I paid you to teach my evid a thousand different types of lofty, and you only, you only taught him eight hundred. So azmene ladino lekamei the rebbe. He brought him in a, before Bezdin in front of rebbe. 
and he wanted his money back. He only taught him 800. I paid him to teach him 1,000. So Amar Rebbe, Rebbe said about this, Our fathers who lived at the time of, even before the Chorban Mesa Mignash, when, when they had it all good, they said after the Chorban, we forgot all the good, all the good stuff, how to make all the good food. And us that live after the Chorban, we never even saw it with our eyes. And wow, how you, you have such taiva that you know how to make a thousand different types of lafti. That's what Rebbe had to say about this. Says the Gemara continues the Gemara. Even Rebbe, though, when he was surprised that these people were such mefunakim about their thousand different types of lafti, Rebbe himself, though, he was a big veer in himself. And, Rebbe, and the Gemara goes on to tell us that story that Rebbe Abadei a story that brings out this point. Rebbe Abadei changes it to. Rebbe made a wedding for Reb Shimon, his son. So Reb Shimon, Rebbe, Rebbe makes him a wedding. And there are Gersois, Masar Sashas adds in, And he did not invite. So he made this big wedding for his son, Reb Shimon. And he didn't invite Bar Kapara. So it's Kosov Albeis Genano. So Bar Kapara was insulted. And he writes on the wedding hall. He wrote on the wedding hall, Rebbe spent 240,000,000 dinarim on this wedding. And he did not invite Bar Kapara. So Amrle, so Bar Kapara turns to Rebbe and he says, If this is how much hashpa and how much toiva Kaddish Baruch is mashpia to the Ivri Ritzainis, people who are Ivri Ritzain, then invite me. So Allah has come of a kama how much good a Kaddish Baruch is going to be mashpia to those who do follow HaKadosh Baruch Hu's way. So Asmine, so Rebbe turns and he invites Bar Kapara. And Omar then, Bar Kapara says, He changed a little bit. Wow, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Mashpia so much good to those who follow his ways in Olam all the more so how much good it will be in Olam Abba. Says the Gemara, A day that Rebbe used to smile or laugh, Puranais, bad things, would come to the world. And why is that? Because this was after the Chorban. And Rebbe, as Latmai to to live a life of Yisurin and to, to to really be to not be happy in Alamazet and to suffer more in Alamazet so it would be a kapara for the generation and so the generation wouldn't have to suffer that much and that's how it would work. But when Rebbe would take it a little lighter and when Rebbe wouldn't feel the kaivit of the Khurban Mesa Miklash and he wouldn't feel the Yisurim so much. So Asya Paranus Lalna wasn't a good thing for the rest of the world. It wasn't bringing the kapara that was necessary and therefore Puranus would come to the world. Now Bar Kapara was a bit of a badchen and he felt it was his avaida to get Rebbe to laugh, as we learned in the Gemara of Tainus, it's always good to make people laugh. People who make people laugh deserve Alam but Bar Kapara felt it was good to make Rebbe laugh. And by the way, the Mefarish explains that's why Rebbe didn't want to invite him to his wedding that he made. It was Thamb. He didn't want to invite him to the wedding because he knows Bar Kapara is going to make him laugh. And Rebbe's not about laughing in Alam So... So says the Gemara, Bar Kapara is trying to get Rebbe to laugh. Sorry, Amrle the Bar Kapara. Rebbe knows that Bar Kapara wants to get him to laugh, and Rebbe tells Bar Kapara, "Loi tavdichon, don't make me laugh. If you don't make me laugh, I'm gonna pay you, and I'm gonna give you forty measurements of chitin." So Amrle Bar Kapara answers him, "Lichzimar, the whole griva beina, the whole griva the beina shakilna. You should just know that. Okay, very nice, but I'm gonna take whatever type of measurement I want. I'll take forty of whatever measurement." I decide. So Shokal Dikula Rabba. So Rakapara takes a big basket. Chafi Kufra. He smears it in tar. V'safel Reshe. And he, and he turns it over upside down and puts it on his head. Ve'azal ve'omerle. And he came to Rebbe and said, Lechalimar arboin grivechitid dereshinabach. Now give me the 40 measurements of wheat that you owe me. 
So apparently this was funny. This was some type of joke. And Rebbe laughed. Achim Rebbe, Rebbe laughed at this. So Amalei, Rebbe turns to him and says, Lava Zarticha, didn't I warn you? Delay to Nachan, not to make me laugh. And now you lost out. You're not going to get this 40 measurements of wheat that I told you I'll give you if you don't make me laugh. So says the Gemara, Amalei. So he answered him back, No, he did the Rashina Nasivna. I'm only claiming from you the other 40 ones that you already owe me for something else. But I'm not talking about this deal we made. I'm talking about some other wheat that you happen to owe me. That's what I'm coming to claim. And that's where we'll hold it for here. And in the meantime, we'll try to understand Barkapar's joke.